Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. We were two weeks ago intending to just take a service and kind of exhort you on the subject of faith, refresh some of the revelation that you already have in your heart, maybe impart some new revelation. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You can turn to Romans chapter 5 this morning. And now we're in our third week, so praise God. Thank God for the stirring of faith. Amen. Only thing in the Bible that says without it, it's impossible to please God or please Him. So we worship and praise by faith. We pray by faith. We give by faith. We live by faith. Praise God. Jesus is coming soon by faith. Amen. So we looked at some very simple things. We began there in Romans chapter 4. We talked about there in verse 21 about how Abraham being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was also able to perform. So we know that Abraham was visited by God when he was still Abram. He was coming brought out of Ur of the Chaldees. God was looking for a man on the earth to get into a blood covenant in order that he might bring redemption to the earth. We know that out of Abram, or Abraham came Isaac, and then the, the family that grew became 12 sons, Jacob's 12 sons, became the nation of Israel. Out of that nation came a priesthood and a kingly lineage that out of that priesthood and kingly lineage came Jesus, the Messiah, the promised seed uh, that would affect all the nations of the earth. And it's, you know, it's an awesome, awesome thing to think about how Far man was from God, how far God was from man, how man could not make up the gap, but God could, and he did. And, and then all he's given us besides that, in order to walk in that great gift of redemption, is so simple, so easy to do. God gave us a belief system. We know that's our, our heart and our mouth. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth a confession is made unto salvation. People say, so, well, pastor, it doesn't really matter what you say. God knows your heart. <laughs> it does matter what you say. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. You know that the, it says over there in Proverbs 18, life and death are in the power of the tongue. In every area of your life, you're either speaking life or you're speaking death. Speak life. Speak life to your family, your children, your marriage, your finances, your physical health. Everything about your existence on the earth you should be on a continual basis speaking the life of God. Now, faith is a very simple process. We know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Secondly, the primary way in which faith is released is through our confession. That's how we got saved, by believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Our confession empowered us to possess something already provided. Now let me say that again. Our confession of the Word of God empowered us to possess something already provided, which was salvation. Salvation, I like to call it a package deal. It's healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. You ever, you ever thought you'd live in a day in which you needed healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance? <laughs> How about the day we're living in right now? Thank God we're saved. Amen. I said thank God we're saved. And that doesn't mean just saved to go to heaven. That means saved from all the hell that comes on the earth. Thank God we are. Amen. Then a strong belief in the heart, a strong confession of faith will inspire you or give you an unction to act upon the Word of God. 
When you act upon the Word of God, that's when the power of that Word is released. That's why the devil will do everything he can do to try to get you, to try to keep you from acting on the Word of God. He knows, now listen, this is a, a very simple principle, but very profound. He knows that when you act on what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that you are bringing what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. You're speaking to your finances. You're speaking to that disease that's trying to find a place to exist in your body. You're speaking to that situation in your marriage or your business. You're speaking to whatever it is, and then you act upon it. You've brought that power into the realm where it can begin to work now. You say, well, Pastor, I've, I've believed in my heart. I've confessed with my mouth. I've acted on the Word of God. I still, I, I still haven't seen an answer. Now it's time to rejoice. Now it's time to stand. The Bible says in Ephesians, and having done all, stand. That's why a lot of people get frustrated in faith. They try to make a stand without having done all. You say, well, how do you make a stand? You make a stand by continually believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, acting on the Word of God, and worshiping and thanking God that the answer is yours. Amen. Now, we've got another. This kind of amplifies that principle. Beginning in verse 1, of chapter 5, I'm going to bounce back and forth from the King James to the Amplified. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we read that many times and don't realize that's one of the most profound scriptures of the Bible. Therefore being justified. You say, what do you mean by that? Just, just, if you, just as if you'd never sinned. Just as if there'd never been a fall. We are justified through that which Jesus has done for us. I'm telling you, that's such amazing. We have peace with God. See, there wasn't peace with God after the fall. There wasn't peace with God during all those years in which the nation of Israel had access to God through a, through a priesthood and a bleeding sacrifice. There wasn't peace with God when, the, when Elijah and Elisha did all the mighty miracles. But thank God, Jesus came and restored peace between man and God. I like it in the Amplified. It says, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and giving right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace, the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, you listen, we may all take this for granted here at Island Church, but I'm going to tell you, outside these four walls, there is a big belief that God is mad at me. How many used to think that before you got saved? You know, God's mad at me. Everything that happened to you, you say, He's out to get me. I'll tell you, God's after. God is not mad at anybody, God is not agitated at anybody. God is not upset at anybody because he hath cleansed all of humanity through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to go out and proclaim God's a good God and he's not mad at you. Amen. Well, he doesn't know what I've done. Yeah, he knows what you've done. <laughs> he knows exactly what you've done. But he's still not mad at you. You say, why? Because he's made provision to get rid of what you have done so you don't have to do it anymore. Amen. Peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this. By whom also we have access by faith. Now, I, the access we have. Oh my goodness. All of those, those centuries 
that they, that they slit the throats of those lambs and they bled them out and, and, and the common man didn't have access to God. And only the prophet, priest, or king anointed at certain times of the year or ever when God willed the Spirit to come upon them. That's the only access anyone had to God. And it was, it was a hassle. Can we still say that? It, it, was, it wasn't easy to get to God. But now, every one of us, whether you've been saved 50, 60 years, or whether you just got born again yesterday, every one of us, now this is cool, have equal access to God through Jesus Christ. You can go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. I'm telling you, we take for granted many times that just at the name of Jesus, it gets God's attention. That excites me. By whom also we have access by faith into, now notice this though, into this grace. Now this is a specific grace, and we say grace, we're talking about God's ability working for us. Now in order to understand that, we must go back up into chapter 4. Now we're not going to go back up and reference it because we taught on it for two weeks. But from the time God spoke to Abraham, and promised him an heir in Isaac that he would have, the Bible said, from your own loins, meaning it's going to be you and Sarah, you're going to have this child. From the time that God spoke that till the time Isaac was born was approximately 25 years. He had to keep hope alive. He had to keep walking in faith. Now God helped him. God showed him the star, said, so shall thy seed be, as innumerable as these stars. Showed him the sand, said, so shall thy seed be, as innumerable as the sand that you cannot count. He said, he said I'm going to change your name from, from chief shepherd, Abram, to father of many nations, Abraham. So God worked with him and gave him grace to weather the time period. Amen? Now listen to me. You have to have some grace in order to live by faith. That means God's ability working in your life so that you can correctly fight the fight of faith. Now let me say the first thing. The first thing that time will do to your faith is erode your hope. You know, you, you hear a message on faith, you get in a meeting, the Spirit of God be really moving, something will, will inspire you, you'll feel an unction or the presence of the Lord, and you're real high on faith. Then two, three days, two, three weeks, two, three months go by, and next thing you know, you find yourself not near as expectant as you were. Well, you need some grace. I said you need some grace. And that grace will empower you to go through the minutes, to go through the, uh, go through the hours, to go through the days, to go through the months, to go through the years that you need to go through to get your faith to operate to bring the provision of God into your life. So Abraham accessed that faith. And 25 years, and Isaac was, what a day that must have been. I mean, other than the birth of Jesus, you know, a lot of people were born. We talked about the birth of people like Samson and, and, uh, and Samuel and different people like that. But I'm telling you, the day that Isaac was born, I'm telling it put all the doubters to shame. Amen. It's amazing how if you'll stay on the Word of God, the Word of God, as it says over there in Mark chapter 5, Jairus' house, he said when he put them out, listen, all the scoffers, all the naysayers, let him put them out. You say, what do you mean by that? Let the manifestation of your miracle shut the mouths of all the skeptics. To whom we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we, wherein we stand, and having done all, stand. Pastor, I'm believing in my heart, confessing with my mouth, 
I'm acting on the word and I'm rejoicing. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now let me read it in the Amplified. Through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace, the state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand. Let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Everybody say the glory of God. Say the glory of God. Say the glory of God. You say, now what is the glory of God? Is that some haze that comes into some meeting somewhere? No, no. The glory of God is when what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth is held in your hands. That's the glory of God. And God is very interested in manifesting His glory in your life. Oh, that ought to get you excited. Now, here we go. Verse 3. And not only so, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, this is the Bible, just like John 3.16. And not only so, but we what? We what does it say? Not God's glory. It says we glory. Now you have to identify your glory. Where's your glory? People have all kinds of glory. We've taught on this for years. People still seem to sometimes have a, have a, uh, a tendency not to grasp this. But let me, let me kind of build on it for just a moment to help you. If we were to load up in buses and cars and go visit churches this morning, denominational churches, I guarantee you in most of the churches, as a pastor would make a point or as a, as a song would be sung, something that our crowd would relate to is something of God, something that stirs us. And we, would, we were to have a reaction to it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We would be looked upon with disdain. That's not reverent. Most of the glory of man, now listen to me, most of the glory of man, and when I mean man, it's mankind, most of the glory of man has been taken out of the church and replaced with religion. And because the glory of man is not in the church, the glory of God's not in the church. Did you get that? You say, now, what do you mean by glory? What is that? Glory is that inward thing on the inside that somehow, someway, finds its way up and out, and you express it. You express it with emotion. You express it with, 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 with excitement. You express it with joy. Amen. Everybody said, I got joy. I said, well, I, I've really got some joy. <laughs> joy is manifested. Singing, dancing, shouting. That's joy. Amen? Happiness just put a smile on your face. Joy put a dance in your feet. Shout in your mouth. It'll get your hands in the air. It'll get, listen, joy will access the strength of God because the joy of the Lord is our strength and many times we don't have the true level of joy we need to get through what we're going through because we do not glory in the midst of the tribulation. Tribulation, trial, trouble, temptation, you name it. You've got to learn right in the midst of it to glory in the God of your salvation. 
Give God your glory. Now, man, listen, modern man, our, our, our society, we give our glory to so much. We give it to the football. I guess we don't anymore. Back in the day, they gave it to the football team. They gave it to the baseball team. They, hey, isn't it amazing how even now the demonic system of the devil is trying to destroy the glory of man? Can't come to the game no more. Can't shout. Can't, can't, can't do nothing. No, can't, no, no. No, nobody doing none of that. No, you might die. Come on, church. And really, in the church where the glory of God needs to come back, it needs to be preceded by men and women removing the restraint because they don't realize, you must realize this by Scripture, your glory in, in tribulation is what is going to access this grace that's going to help you go through what you're going through. So the longer you sit there on your hands, sit there like a bump on the log, sit there like, well, I don't know if God's going to do anything or not, the longer it's going to take you to get through what you're going through. But when you make a decision, I'm going to act, I'm going to give me some grace working. I've got to have me some grace working. This ain't working me just trying to work it by myself. It seems like every day that goes by, I get less and less expected. I think I'm just going to glory in the God of my salvation. I heard a story of a ministry was... He got, he got sick with, uh, uh, back in the day, they, they had a lot of tuberculosis. and This is back in the 30s or 40s, and, and he got really sick. And they, he had to leave his church. He was pastor. He had to leave his church. His, wife, his wife's family was a farming family, so they moved in with his wife's parents, and, and there he basically just prepared to die, but he didn't want to die. He's in his mid-30s. And, and so he said, I, uh, he, the, the man telling the test, so he began to pray, began to seek God, began to seek God when it came, for, it came to healing. He said he knew the healing scriptures. He knew about divine healing. He said he had laid hands on many people before and seen them heal. But as far as he was concerned, he was dying. And he said one day, all of the family, nobody was in the house. All of the family were out in the fields working. And about a quarter mile from the house was, a, was some bushes and trees together. And he said, I made a decision. He, he said he prayed. He said, God, if you'll give me the strength, I'm going to go out there to that bush and I'm going to praise you till I die or till I live. One way or another, this thing's going to be over today. And he said, all the strength he could muster. He said, by the time he got to that brush, he was crawling. He said, he pulled himself up under in a shady spot. And he said, he could barely muster a whisper. His lungs were on fire. He said, he was just, he was dying. He said, but he began to praise God. He began to praise God. He began to worship God. He said, this went on for about 30, 45 minutes. He said, he noticed he got a little stronger. He said he noticed he got a little stronger. So he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he got a little stronger, and he kept doing it, and he kept doing it. After two hours, he said, all of a sudden I blinked my eyes and I was standing on my feet with my hands in the air. He said all of the people that were working in the field, some of them hundreds of yards away, had gathered around and were worshiping God with me. He said I was totally healed because I was giving glory to God in the midst of the tribulation that was going on in my life. Amen. Now notice. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Also knowing, now here's the key, tribulation worketh. Now it does not produce. Patience is one of the fruits, not of the Holy Spirit, but of the recreated human spirit. Did you get that? It says it does what? It takes unemployed patience and puts it on the clock. I don't know if they 
anybody has. I used a couple of jobs I had. You had to punch the time clock. <laughs> Amen. A lot of people don't realize there's patience in them, but it's not at work. What is patience? Patience is a cheerful endurance with a consistency in your life. Listen, one of the number one things that your trial, your tribula tribulation, your temptation, or your trouble is designed to do is to breach the consistency of your spiritual life while you go and deal with a natural problem. Amen. And it's one of the most amazing phenomena. I noticed this way back when I traveled. I've noticed it as a pastor of a church, a person, a family, they get into a real trial, they get into real trouble, and they really need a touch from God, and you don't see them in church anymore. You're like, where's so-and-so? They're going through this trial. They're going through this trouble. And then you meet them out on the street, and you say, hey, we haven't seen you in church for a while. Uh, how are you doing? You going somewhere? No, no, no. You know, we're just really going through something right now, and... We, just, we hadn't been able to be in church. <laughs> Amen. Now listen, I'm not allowed to say the word stupid. <laughs> but that's stupid. You say, why? Well, would you act that way in any other situation of life? Say, say, say you were hungry. And all of a sudden, you know, you had some money, but you just kept, you know, you just wouldn't go to Kroger, wouldn't go to Randall's, wouldn't go. To, and so I met you on the street. I said, man, you, you, you want me to take and get you a water burger? I know I'm hungry, but, you know, I'm too hungry to eat. <laughs> too thirsty to drink. Now, doesn't that sound a little stupid? But, it, but, but listen, too much trouble to come to church? The place where you get the answers for your trouble? You get delivered out of your trial? You get delivered out of your tribulation. What that is, is you've lost your cheerful endurance with your consistency. Your consistency has been breached. Amen. But see if you'll begin to glory in the midst of your tribulation. Patience, and patience always is referred to many times in the Bible in the feminine. So she comes in with her mop and she mops up your emotions and all your bad feelings and all your self-pity and all that stuff. She mops it up and gets you right back in the what? In your faith where you're believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, acting on the word of God and rejoicing in your answer. Amen. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. Everybody say experience. Now, this, this is not experience is the best teacher. That, that, please don't fall for that. Experience can condition you. It can train you. But listen, how many have done something stupid and then did it again? Jimbo's honest. Amen. And not only that, you did it again. And, again, and you never learn from the first time you did it. I've always given the illustration of taking off, jumping off the platform and running, sticking my head through the wall, hitting the two by four, putting a big old gash on my head, and then getting up the next Sunday with 40 stitches in my head and preaching, I know by experience that there's a two by four in the wall back there. You think, you're stupid. I, you don't have to go through that to figure out there's a two by four in the wall right there. Listen. Experience is not the best teacher. Revelation is the best teacher. By the Holy Ghost, that's your best teacher. And God is wanting you to have some spiritual experience. 
And that's just not coming to church and getting a bunch of goosebumps off. No, he's talking about you get an answered prayer. You get a breakthrough, a financial breakthrough. The, 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 the effects of a disease or something leaves your body. You begin to build experience on top of experience on top of experience because, listen, that will ruin you to doubt and unbelief. Once you begin to live by... How many have had a few experiences in the Spirit? Uh, we couldn't talk you out of those things if we tried. You say, why? Because not only did you know about God, you experienced His mercy and His grace. Yes. Amen. Everybody say experience. experience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. Everybody say hope. And we studied hope before. But it says this, hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now I'm going to tell you something church, when you really begin to feed and meditate on these scriptures right here, it is unlocking something phenomenal. It is unlocking something in our lives as believers and as people who have a lifestyle of faith that gives us literally a picture of the grace that Abraham walked in to receive Isaac after 25 years. You say, well couldn't that have happened sooner? I don't know. But I know in the way that it did happen, it glorified God, got put in the canon of scriptures as something that we can draw faith on for ourselves. Hope. Everybody say hope. Listen, I, I've learned over the years, not your faith, but it's your hope that the adversary is after. The Bible calls hope the anchor of the soul. What is the soul? Your mind, the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, and your will, the choices you make. God wants you making godly choices. He wants you thinking godly thoughts, and He wants your emotions controlled by the Holy Ghost. So you don't do what you feel, you do what you believe. But you start losing that anchor of hope. I got a couple of places I fish. And I just, I don't know what it is. I guess the bottom's real sandy or whatever it is. But if the tide's moving, I just can never get an anchor set there. And a couple of, one place in particular, every time I've gotten a good anchor set there, I've caught a lot of fish. I went over there a few weeks ago. I couldn't get my anchor set. I could see bait boiling, all this kind of, And I left there so frustrated because I could not get that anchor set. But listen, when the anchor of your heart is in hope and it's set in the Word of God, you have a reason to expect Every tick of the clock, every day, every turn of the page of the calendar, your expectancy does not recede, it increases. You ever notice that a young couple, when they, have a, when they have, a, have a child, we were a young couple when we had our child. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Amen. I'll never forget how irritated I was getting at Leah. I was irritated. We went to the doctor. Sure enough, we were with child. Everybody was rejoicing. Praise God. Now, Leah wanted to paint this. She wanted to plant some kind of grass. She wanted to, and I, you know, here I am traveling, doing, doing my best to provide. Our family's fixing to grow. And, and she's got all these projects. And, and I'm just, so I'm praying. And I always, listen, I always talk to God about his daughter. That's why we've had a, a good marriage. When I married Leah, I, 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 I knew I married God's daughter. So I'm talking to God about his daughter. I said, you know, you got to get her off my back. I mean, yeah, she's about to wear me out. I mean, we're on our way home from the, from the doctor, and she wants to stop at, at Sherwin-Williams. Do you know what it's like to shop 
for paint. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> she wants to shop for paint. I'm like, don't we have nine months? So I'm talking to God about Leah. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you have a problem. Yeah, I have a problem. I've brought you my problem, and now you tell me I have a problem? He said, your problem is this. You're not expecting... And because you're not expecting, you are not preparing for any arrival. You're just waiting for it to happen. But Leah has something inside her that's growing. And the more it grows, the more expectant she's going to get. And she is doing everything she can do to prepare for an arrival. When the Lord said that to me, that showed me what hope was. That showed me what, what's in you, what's growing in you. The healing of something you've been dealing with for years. Some financial situation in your, in your, in your business. What, is it growing in you? Are you expecting? Are you preparing for the arrival of that which God has planned? See, the Bible says what? Hope maketh not ashamed. There's people that go through problems. Well, I'm, we're just kind of ashamed to let anybody really know what we're going through. That's pride. Amen. Pride will protect what's wrong. Pride will protect fear. Pride will protect any negative emotion, thought, or action that the devil tries to stimulate you to act on, say, or do. He will literally do that to you, trying to get you out of faith and out of hope. Yeah. Ought to get a better amen than that. I hope this is helping you as much as it's helping me. Hope maketh not a shame. Now here, let me close with this. Oh, my time's up. Now here's, this is, this is shouting ground. You may have a little opportunity to joy, glory in the midst of your tribulation. Hope maketh not a shame. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Now we, we say, because the love of God, and you think about, okay, love, that's a, isn't that that warm, fuzzy feel? No, 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 listen. The love of God, the love of God. Now, go study the term. Love of God and everything you see love of God is connected to is connected to an action that God performs. For God so loved the world He gave. Listen, you have to understand when the term the love of God is included in any scripture, God is including, and for lack of a better term, and putting online the greatest power in the universe. What can stop love? What can stop love? You can fight doctrine. You, you, can, you can fight, you listen, you can fight all, all of the, you can fight all of these things. I'll give you a little testimony. Won't take but a minute. We, 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 we went to Hawaii years ago. God opened, ministry began to happen on a small scale. And we, we met out on the street. We met a, a, a pastor, his wife, and their church. They were out doing outreach. We were out doing, and they were like, who are you? Who are you? And so I met this pastor, and he was rough. He was really rough. He, was a, he, was, he had been a heroin addict for years. He'd spent years in prison. He was, in a, he was a jumper, a fire jumper. Back in those days, if you got convicted of drugs, uh, you could go to fire camp, which means they used you to fight 
fires in California. This was in California. He's from Riverside, California. Well, in the fire camps, your wife, your girlfriend could come visit. They all stayed strung out on drugs because they had all the drugs they wanted. But he got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, ended up pastoring a church in Waianae, Hawaii. And so I began to, you know, kind of reach out to him and talk. And he was just like this, just like this. I mean, just, you know. And about two or three trips, I mean, I just, I would, I would ride him, tell him we're coming. He was just, he was just close. He wanted nothing to do with me. And so we were there in a, in a, in a meeting at the, at the hotel, at, excuse me, at the, uh, at the uh, high school uh, cafeteria. Remember that? And they came, we had invited them formally and all this kind of stuff, and they came very, you know, well, we would love to come, but tonight's graduation night, and, you know, there's no way we can be there. And so we were like, okay, that's fine, you know. And then we started the meeting, and they were sitting on the front row. Remember that? We were like, boy, those people, they, 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 made, a, they made a point to come tell us they couldn't come. <laughs> and so we had a glorious meeting. God touched him, and he was totally changed after that meeting. And so he came up later and he said this. He said, we went to that graduation. He said, when I we were there in a line to get into a place to go have that graduation. He said, the Spirit of God fell on me and told me, you need to go to that meeting tonight and you need to respond. Now listen to what God said. You need to respond to the way I'm loving you through that pastor. I mean through that minister. Because I'm just trying to love you into some things. He got up later and testified. He said, when those people came over here from Texas, we thought they were crazy. We thought, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. There's no, there's no way whatsoever you're going to have any effect on this. This is the toughest place in America to preach the gospel. Remember them telling us that. Then he said this. He said, that crazy white boy over there. He said, he just wouldn't quit loving me. He said, I did everything he could do to reject him. I did everything to do to push him aside. But he just kept loving me, kept encouraging me, kept loving me, taking me to lunch. doing all. He said, it just melted me. He said, now my, my whole life and ministry has changed. We saw it. We saw their church grow. We saw tremendous things be done. The love of God is in your heart. Acting, that's why the Bible says faith worketh by love. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. God is saying this. Now listen. You have a dream. I gave it to you. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. You have a, you have a need. I've already made provision. Delight yourself in the Lord. And I guarantee you that desire to be healed, to be blessed, whatever, it'll come and it'll be strong. He said not only that, I have fueled your faith with love. If you'll glory in your tribulation, patience will go to work. When patience goes to work, your hope level goes to a new level. You begin to expect again. You begin to expect every day. You begin to expect every week, every month, and every year. You continue to expect. It does not fade. You live in faith. But then I add to that by putting my love in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which is fueling your faith so that you can get your answer. And the more you yield to that love, to walk in love toward others, walk in love toward yourself, walk in love toward the church, walk in love toward me, the quicker your answer is going to accelerate into your life. So God literally just takes and paints a portrait here in Romans 4 and 5. And he shows us Abraham. This is what Abraham did in referencing chapter 4, Abraham had to glory in the midst of his tribulation. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, he could have been walking somewhere, you know, unbeknownst to him or unbeknownst to the, to the three shepherds that were talking about him and maybe they were talking about him after he changed his name. Hey, did you hear what that old man said? He, you know, he always goes up there and prays to some God. 
He came out of that prayer meeting the other day wanting everybody to call him father of many nations. Has he lost his mind? Doesn't he know he's in a... He could have heard that. And probably did, because that's the way the devil is. He'll always get negative inf information to you. Amen. He could have heard. And so what did he do? He went over and bowed and says, Oh, Lord, I don't, uh, you said you were going to give me a child. No, he didn't do that. He began to glory in the midst of it. He began to worship God. You go and look at the times in which he built altars, times in which he communicated with God. He was in such, such fellowship and relationship with God that before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he came and talked to Abraham. He came and talked to Abraham. He said, what does that mean in my life? It means a whole new lifestyle. You say, well, I, you know, Pastor, we just have to act how, act how we feel. Who says that? I've gotten so used to not acting like I feel, how I feel is not even relevant anymore. Amen? Because if how you feel is relevant, the enemy will be able to control your life. But if how you feel is not relevant, but how you believe is relevant then I'm telling you on your worst day, you can lift your hands. You bet, the, worst, the worst doctor's report you get, the worst financial report you get, no matter what happens, I'm telling you the dryer breaks down, you got to take the dogs to the vet. That costs lots of money. You got <laughs> Especially if you got a vet that lives by faith. That's even tougher, you know. All these things happen, and you put your hands up and you declare, I'm more than a conqueror. You put a smile on your face. Patience is there. And you go through the valley of the shadow of death a lot quicker. You don't set up a tent and live there for 15 years. You go through it rejoicing in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we do that a minute? Put your hands up. Worship God. Father, we worship you. Oh, we glorify you. Father, in the midst of all that's going on in this crazy world right now, what could happen, what might happen, what should happen, does not matter to us, Father. We serve a God that loves us, cares for us, has made for provision for us, and we take a moment and we glory in the God of our salvation. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We magnify your name. For you are righteous and you're holy. Glory to God. On your feet, Father, we thank you so much for your word today, for that which you've shown us, that which you revealed to us, that which you refresh us with, and that which we can walk in by faith. Thank you as we leave today. By faith, we appropriate the promise of God for the entire congregation. We declare out of Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place, angels have charge over us. We thank you, Lord God. A thousand could fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. We thank you, Lord. So, Father, in our travels on the highways, seaways, railways, airways, any other way of travel or transportation, in the handling of the resource of life you've given us, we thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Most High, free from accident, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or the devil himself. We stand upon the promise of your word. Father, we thank you also for a great door of utterance. Such as we have, that's what we give. Let us go out this week. Be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. Lord, let us, there's so many. Their, 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 their pain, their, their fear, their panic is on a, a level it's never been. They never thought they'd be that fearful. But Father, we thank you. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. 
Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. We leave today as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.